It's the Locked On Aggies Podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network, talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M, and guys, can you believe that if we were going to sit here over a month ago, we would have been talking about how AM probably is going to be near the bottom of the barrel when it comes to conference play, when it comes to the tournament, when it comes to the SEC. Instead, back-to-back big-time victories over Auburn and Arkansas solidify AM as a top-half team in the upcoming SEC tournament in Nashville this week. They will finish as the number seven seed taking on a plethora of teams to make a chance for the SEC title tournament, which could punch their ticket to the NCAA tournament. Before we begin talking about that and also some baseball news, let's just get some housekeeping stuff out of the way. Make sure you're following us on social media at Locked on Aggies. At Locked on Aggies is your number one source of all income surrounding everything Texas A&M. You can check out all that work at LockedOnPodcast.com. Second, make sure you're following us at Aggies SI. All Aggies, part of Sports Illustrated and the Locked On Podcast Network, have partnered together to give you quality content surrounding all things Texas A&M. You can check all that out at si.com slash T-A-M-U. And last but certainly not least, if you like what I'm doing, if you think I'm smart, if you think I'm dumb, if you want to leave me a nice comment, a bad comment, literally anything just to say, hey, we're listening to the show and this is what we like and hate, you can follow me at Mr. Cole Thompson. It's simple. I am a mister. My name is Cole Thompson. Spell it out just the way it sounds. That's it. Don't wear it out. At Mr. Cole Thompson, at Aggies SI, and last but certainly not least, Locked on Aggies. Before we start talking about Texas A&M around the hoops, let's head over to the Diamond and check out how A&M did against the Aggies this weekend. The New Mexico State Aggies. That's one of those things that, you know, I always laugh at when you see two teams play against each other and you wonder, was there ever a meeting in the SEC just, okay, We have one too many Tigers. There's Lions, Tigers, and Bears. Oh my. We have Missouri, Auburn, and LSU. Come on. One of you be the Bears. One of you be the Tigers. One of you be the Lions. Nope. None of you. All right. I mean, seriously, War Eagle is the saying for Auburn and their mascot's Tiger. I mean, if that's not confusing enough, I don't know really what is. But what isn't confusing for sure is the way A&M's offense came to play on Sunday. 16-2 16-2 with two home runs each from Zach DeLoke and Austin Boast. Boast believed he was eating his Wheaties. Three home runs on the weekend for Boast, the junior college sophomore transfer. He was named the player of the series. AM would get a 16-2 run rule victory over New Mexico State and Nick Gonzalez, the hottest hitter in the NCAA baseball racket right now holding him to only two hits in eight total at-bats, a 200 batting average in a series. That's unheard of for a guy who a lot of people are saying is probably going to be, if not a number one player, easily a top five, top ten draft pick come June when the MLB draft comes around. But more importantly, it all started off with Asa Lacey, who had a career afternoon, or really early evening, against the Aggies. 13 career strike, season high strikeouts, uh, the highest of his career. Went six innings strong, gave up one earned run. 
Uh, I believe he only gave up also four hits. They got that win 8-3. to three. Yesterday, Christian Roa was unable to get the job done, so they turned to Chandler Joswiak, who had moved to the pen to better his, I think, his quality of starts and maybe add a different type of player to the rotation. Uh, they were able to get the 7-5 to five victory thanks to the three-run bomb by Boast in the sixth inning. And then, of course, yesterday, a 16-2 victory. A&M will have one more tune-up game against Rice at Reckling Park on Tuesday before traveling to the Plains of Auburn to take on the Tigers for a three-game series. I'm just looking at this A&M team, and I'm seeing so much potential. But the biggest thing that I'm seeing most of all is that this is a team that, if they're clicking on all cylinders, they're fine. They are a great team. They know how to play ball. They understand the game. They understand what is asked of them. They understand how to get the job done. The problem is it's too inconsistent, and it's been that way. You you barely had games where yesterday was one of those few games. Let's go with that. Yesterday was one of those few games where the bats met the pitching, and the pitching was fine. Chris Webber in his first start gave up one earned run. And I think it was on a single and a walk, so it really wasn't even an earned run. That was just a run they gave up. And then because of a late game uh, late game surge from Gonzalez and the New Mexico State Aggies, they scored another run in the final inning, the top of the sixth. I mean, that's where I look at this team, and I'm like, okay, if this is the team that's going out every single week, I completely understand where people are like, oh, yep, this is this is the AM we all know and love. The problem is, is that this is one version of AM that we see. And then there's the version where they allow runners to get on base, they allow guys to work ahead in the count, they allow guys to stay square to the plate, they allow guys to drive the ball opposite fields, play small ball, they're hitting into they're hitting into the corners, they're hitting into double plays, they're striking out at low pitches. And it's stuff like that that makes you wonder, is this A&M team as good? I think right now they look to be the best team. Mainly because of I'm looking at the way that this team is set up. And every single weekend they'll be fine. It's those weekday series that you got to look at and just go, okay, I wonder what's going to be the problem. Because they're about to start SEC play and that's something that as much as you want to see a team be successful, every team's going to have some success. There's always going to be a game where someone screws up. Someone lets up a little too soon. And you look at what they have ahead. Rice, then they have Auburn, then they have Houston, then they have Ole Miss, Lamar, Florida. Every single weekend is a series against an SEC school. And every single day week is a series against either a Texas school or or someone that is close by. I mean, you look at every single game in the series before before a conference game. Rice is in Houston. Houston is in Houston. Lamar is in Beaumont. Texas is in Austin. Dallas Baptist is right outside of downtown Dallas. Texas State is in San Marcos. Sam Houston is in Huntsville. UT Arlington is in Arlington. And then you have an LSU, Tennessee, Missouri finish to the season. I hope that those games that they warm up, they're using their best pitcher. 
They're saving their best pitcher for the series. And honestly, right now, Christian Rowe is looking like the weak link. Do you maybe put, if Jonathan Childress can come back healthy, do maybe do you put Weber in the two-hole? Or do you keep Weber there, maybe put Joswiak back into the starting rotation? There's got to be something that I think you need, just a clarity from a starter, that he's going to be able to get out of an inning, get out of a jam, and be able to keep the ball in play. Because A&M is going to be able to, I think, win a couple of these series. But you're looking at these teams that they're going to face this year. I mean, there's so many that are ranked. And not just ranked, they're ranked high. Auburn, top 10 team. Ole Miss, top 10 team. The top 15 team, my bad. Florida, top 5 team. Georgia, top 5 team. Arkansas, top 10 team. Alabama, probably either the worst or the second worst team in the conference. Mississippi State, top 10 team. LSU, top 10 team. Tennessee, starting to get some love in the rankings. Missouri, starting to get some love. They're all good in the SEC. So A&M just has to continue to be that team that if they drop a series game, let it be either the last or let it be the first. But that middle game, I feel like, is the one that they're always going to have to win. But it's no longer about winning because A&M basketball has been doing a lot of it. And we're going to be breaking down how this team has been so successful over the last two games in just a quick moment. Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, let me ask you a question. Are you listening to the Locked On Podcast Network? If you say yes, you're doing everything right, and we're so happy for you. Go ahead and get yourself an extra scoop of ice cream tonight at dinner. But if not, you've been a very, very naughty person, and we want you to make sure you're subscribed. We have over two dozen college sports shows, plus MLB, NHL, NBA, NFL, and last but not least, fantasy football. All at your listening ears. All you got to do is check out LockedOnPodcast.com. We've been talking a lot about Texas A&M, but basketball right now is going to be the storyline because March Madness is just a couple of days away. There's going to be the tournament this upcoming weekend. Every team has their tournament. It will probably start anywhere between Tuesday or Wednesday, and it will come to the end on Sunday. On Sunday as well, Selection Sunday will happen. We will know who will be playing in the South, the Midwest, the East, and the West. We will know exactly where every single team is going, who will be represented in the SEC, and if AN is going to be joining them. I say if because of a lot of people were saying a couple months ago, NIT, yeah, that's a long shot. Well, to me, that's a given now. If AM loses, if they can win one game, so if they're the seventh seed, if they beat Missouri this week, if they win that game, they're in the NIT. That's a given. There's no way you keep Buzz Williams in this AM team. The team that literally took down a top 25 opponent in Auburn. A team that is expected to be a top 5 seed in their conference. My bad, division. In the tournament next week. Auburn's going to be in one of those 5 spots. They're going to be hosting games. They're going to be doing all that. They're going to have the opportunity to... Once again, go back to the tournament and go back to the Final Four like they did last year. They're automatically in. But AM needs to work. And now, with you look at what they did against Arkansas as well, 
they get one more win. That'll be 11 SEC wins on the year. You're not going to keep them out of the NIT. That's ridiculous. There's no way you keep an 11-win SEC program outside of the NIT. Because I'm looking at this right now, and I'm looking at the way that every other team played in the SEC this year, and A&M might have the best bet right now, just plain and simple, due to how they played it towards the end of the year. They looked like the better team in so many events. They even were able to hold themselves against other teams where a lot of other, I think, opponents wouldn't. You have a 15-3 Kentucky team, a 12-6 Auburn team, a 12-6 LSU team, two 11-7 teams in Florida and Mississippi State, and two 10-8 teams in South Carolina and Texas A&M. If Mississippi State can get to the semifinals, I think they're in the tournament. If Florida can get to the semifinals, I think they're in the tournament. LSU, Kentucky, and Auburn are all in the tournament. So next is South Carolina and Texas a You're going to have at least two, if not three, teams from the SEC and the NIT. So just based off this math alone, say Florida's the first, South Carolina and te- Texas A&M I think would be second and third. Mississippi State the is the first, South Carolina, Texas A&M. Say somehow South Carolina makes it all the way to the finals. Well, that automatically, I think, gives them a chance to go to the tournament. I automatically would put them in that conversation. Say A&M goes to the finals. Just humor me. Say they're able to beat all three Tigers. They beat Missouri. Then on Friday, they play, and they beat Auburn. On Saturday, they play, and they beat LSU. They're the seven seed. They play the ten, the two, and the three. Is that enough to get them in? I would. I would gladly put A and M in that category. The way that they finish the season, you have players scoring out their mind. You have two your two seniors, big time seniors. Because Mark French, he's a good dude. He's a humble kid. He's done nothing but been a great part of the program. But he's always been a bench player. But you have your other two guys who had to work and learn a brand new system in their final year. Josh Nebo and Wendell Mitchell. They're averaging right now over the past couple games, 20 points, 19 points. Mitchell, I think, is 22 points per game. You're going to keep that out of the tournament for, I don't know, a average Big Ten school because of they maybe played against a little bit more tougher competition? No, if A&M's in the, in the finals, I put them in. I'll go a step further. If they're in the semifinals and it's close to LSU, I still would look at all the other teams and go, which is the team that I think we can put in? And I would consider AM. There's no way you look at this roster and you look at every team in the SEC. I think every team from AM down, past AM. So Tennessee, Auburn, uh, Alabama, Arkansas, Missouri, Mississippi State, Georgia, and Vandy. They want to go to the tournament. They have to win the whole thing. So Vandy, Georgia, Ole Miss, Missouri are out. I can't see any one of them winning the tournament. Arkansas, they have to do a playing game against Vanderbilt. I think they can do it. I think that Arkansas can make a run. And if they can, that's great because then they would play. I'm pretty sure, yeah, they would play South Carolina, 
And they can, I think they can beat South Carolina. They would play LSU. I think they could beat LSU. If I'm not mistaken, they already did beat LSU this year. Yeah, they beat LSU last week. 99-90. They can win that. And then you would have Alabama, I mean, A&M versus Arkansas in the finale. Semifinals. I can see that happening. This SEC tournament that we have about ready to start, this could go any way right now, especially in the bracket. And we're going to be breaking down that side of the bracket and giving our predictions right now when we come back. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're following us on social media at Locked on Aggies, at Mr. Cole Thompson, and last but not least, at Aggies SI. Check out all of our other great podcasts at LockedOnPodcast.com. We're taking a look at the SEC tournament bracket. It just came out. We're finally able to get kind of a look at what everyone is going to be playing against. And honestly, there are some teams that can have some upsets. They have, I think, an easier path to the finals. So let's just break down both sides and see where we can find the upsets and how A&M has the best chance to make it all the way through the SEC tournament and into the NCAA tournament. Listen, no offense to the NIT, but the NIT is second place. You want to be in the big dance. Even if you don't go far, you want to be in the big dance. So, let's see how we can get A&M to the big dance. Alright, so, number 11 Arkansas takes on number 14 Vanderbilt. Without Vanderbilt's leading scorer, Aaron Neesmith, who's been out since right before A&M played him in January... This should be an easy win for Arkansas. I personally think that they should be the 10 seed facing AM once again on Thursday. Instead, they won't. Ole Miss versus Georgia. You have Brian Tyree, one of the top scorers in the SEC, versus the potential number one overall pick in Anthony Edwards. I'm going to go upset. I'm going to go Edwards here and the Bulldogs. They'll face Florida. Meanwhile, the Razorbacks will face number six, South Carolina. So let's break this down. Now that we have our eight teams playing on Thursday, we'll kind of be able to get a better picture of where everyone's going. So, Tennessee, Alabama, you look back and see how A&M has played against both those schools. They got wins against both. I mean, Alabama, it was a closer game, in my personal opinion, 74-68. In Knoxville, they got a 63-58 win. You look at the way that the team scored overall, you had a 46 total rebounds by AM versus 21 by Tennessee. You had a 30.4% shooting by AM, 46 by Tennessee. Let's look at the game against Alabama. Alabama, they were able to, I think they were out rebounded, if I'm not mistaken. No, they had more. 37 to 29 in favor of the, of the Aggies, 43.3 versus 40.7 in favor of the Aggies as well, the three pointers. This was a team, I remember this, everyone was talking about how well that the Crimson Tide were shooting. Instead, AM was able to outshoot them behind the arc, 45 to, uh, 45.8 to 36.4. I look at that and I add it all together. For AM to have the best chance of moving on, they're going to they're gonna want to face Alabama over, I think, Tennessee. So we'll go Alabama moves on instead of uh, to face Kentucky. Georgia versus Florida. Florida got a win over A&M. Georgia got a win over A&M. A&M returned the favor over Georgia. 
I'm going to be a realist here as well. Like, that's the biggest thing. The easiest one would do to do would be have Georgia upsetting Florida. I just don't see it happening. Florida moves on. So, we're going to say A&M gets the win over Missouri. They're going to get that. Let's look at South Carolina and Arkansas. Plain and simple. They're going to want to play Arkansas. Mason Jones might be the hottest shooter in the SEC right now, and that's totally fine. But they lost both games to South Carolina horrendously. 20 the first time around, and I think the second, that was the second time around, my bad. And the first time around, I think it was 19. Yeah, 81-67. So, 15 or 14. This is why I do radio and I don't do math. They still double-digit losses. You're going to want Arkansas to go. And the way Mason Jones is playing, yeah, I think Arkansas can get the upset. So we'll say Arkansas goes and faces LSU. A&M faces Auburn in the final uh, final eight, the Elite Eight of the basketball. Number five, Florida will take on Mississippi State. And number nine, Alabama takes on Kentucky. Kentucky's going to beat Alabama. Like, that's just it. If Alabama moves on, they're playing for the NIT right now. If they can keep it close against Kentucky, maybe that's enough to get them in. But Kentucky's moving on to the semifinals. Mississippi State versus Florida. This is a matchup that could be interesting. When you look at the way that these two teams have played, there's a shot that maybe Mississippi State has some struggles. But, as history would show, at least in favor of, my bad, of Mississippi State, they got a 78-71 win on the road. Reggie Perry got 27 points versus, I think it was Scotty Lewis. Yeah, Scotty Lewis had 17. You look at the scat line, 53% shooting, 58% behind the arc, 88% for three throw percentage, 32 to 26 in rebounds in favor of the Bulldogs. They were better. So let's say Mississippi State moves on. Now you're going to have a pissed off Auburn team facing A&M in the quarterfinals. They beat the doors off of Tennessee. They did it twice, if we're being honest. They did it in the Plains, and they did it in Knoxville. But they've also had some struggle losses. I mean, that's the only way to put it. They were a close victory against Kentucky. They got blown out by Georgia. They lost early to Alabama. They lost to Missouri by 14. They almost lost to... Iowa State, they almost lost to, they lost to Florida, they lost to Alabama. This is a team that's beatable. I mean, it really is, and A&M's already done it, so I think that if A&M plays the same type of style, and they're able to limit the shots, I mean, you look at the last game when the two played against each other, A&M, 47.5% versus 43 for the field goal range, 38.1% versus 33, final score was by three. That's probably about 3% of the shots that they missed that played in favor of them. So if A&M does the same thing again, they'll move on and they'll be in the semis. Who will they face? They're going to want to face Arkansas. And Mason Jones, I think, can get the job done. But Will Wade has a pissed off senior roster of four guys who have done pretty well this year. I mean, yeah, they've had their moments. But overall, I mean, I look at this LSU team and you look at the numbers and you look at how the team overall has played. They've gotten big time wins over Florida. They've gotten a win over. Uh, they've gotten wins over Alabama. They've gotten wins over South Carolina. They've gotten wins over 
A&M twice. They got a big-time win over Georgia by 30 this past weekend in their senior bowl, senior day game. There's a lot to like about this LSU team. So maybe this is where A&M falls. Mississippi State versus Kentucky. I still go Kentucky. I think they're the best team. And then you look at this A&M team. Either way, I think that they've done enough to, one, solidify themselves as SEC, as the SEC underdog that made it through. They will be in the NIT at this point. Let's just say that they do get the win. They'll face Kentucky. If they can keep it close against Kentucky, they're a lock for the tournament. If they can't, then I would say, well, they almost made it. Either way, there's a lot to look at and just go, yeah, I completely understand and maybe this is where AM falls short. But I think the best face of action for them would be if they want to win the SEC tournament, out of realistic opportunities, they'd want to face Mississippi State because they beat Mississippi State, or they'd want to face Alabama. But is Alabama going to get that win over Kentucky? Or they're going to want to face Arkansas in the semis to get them to the finals. But that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson at Aggies SI. And last but not least, Locked on Aggies. Now, how about you tell your smart devices to go check out the brand new episode of Locked on Aggies. And while you're at it, check out the brand new podcast, Locked on SEC, getting you all your up-to-date coverage for everything with all 14 schools tomorrow we'll be breaking down teams who are going to make the sec tournament and very exciting one and which teams could be a dud plus where does ross bjork rank among all athletic directors to show you're not going to want to miss you can check out tomorrow we'll see you then and remember make them y'all this has been locked on aggies presented by the locked on podcast network